I think if you're trying to get better at anything, whether that be sport or, or, or trading, you have to be like a real student of the game as well as someone who participates in it. And I think you see that in the, the best people in whatever discipline it will be. This is The Upper Hand, a podcast series by IMC. I'm Tim Polashek, and in this podcast, I invite masters of different games to see what steps you need to take to master them. From sports betting to Magic the Gathering, and from chess to diplomacy, you'll find out how you can use theory and practice to become the best. Breakside throw there. It's completely working it down. Sakai doing a really good job of attacking the deep space, creating those holes. Ultimate Frisbee, a non-contact team sport for Frisbee lovers. For most people, not the first sport that comes to mind, but it is becoming increasingly popular. According to the Ultimate Players Association, it's now played in more than 42 countries by hundreds of thousands of people. One of those people is Henry Mattison. Henry has been working as a trader at IMC for several years now. Next to his love for trading, he also loves to play Ultimate Frisbee. He's been on an Ultimate Frisbee team since university, and when he moved to Amsterdam to work for IMC, he immediately found a great team here in Amsterdam. Besides it being a fun game, the skills he learned are also very helpful in his day-to-day -day life, especially during trading. Ultimate Frisbee teaches you skills that are useful in all areas of life, and so I asked Henry to give me his winning strategy and teach me how to become the best at Ultimate Frisbee. Hi, Henry. Hello. It's great to have you here with us, and we're here to talk about one of your favorite sports. We are Ultimate Frisbee. Ultimate Frisbee. Right. I've, I've never actually played Ultimate Frisbee, but I have, of course, Frisbeed. What, it, what is Ultimate Frisbee? Yeah, this is a common question. Ultimate is certainly a, a newer sport as they go. In general, it is a team sport, normally played with seven people per side. You're playing on an American football or soccer field with an end zone at each end, and your team gets a point by someone on your team catching the disc in the opposition's end zone. You can't run with the disc, so you have to make progress by stringing together throws and catches. Yeah. And it's a Pretty much non-contact sport. Pretty much non-contact. I think if you take a bunch of competitive people and have them playing a, a sport, then yeah, there's always going to be a bit of bumping. But yes, you can't intentionally uh, tackle someone or, or foul someone. Yeah. And when did you start playing? I started playing properly at university. So I was aware of the sport and it certainly interested me. My, my best mate played whilst he was at high school. So I'd heard about it. We'd thrown quite a lot. So I'd got okay at the throwing part of the game. Yes, yeah, so that's quite interesting. On the field, you're saying the throwing part. To me, it looks like a lot of throwing part. But what are the other parts of the game? Firstly, there's just the raw physicality of the game. So you, you have to be quick. You have to have endurance. You have to ideally be kind of jumpy, springy. Uh, and some of that comes naturally. And some of that you can work on by putting in the, the hours on the track or the gym or whatever. Uh, and then sort of have the the strategy elements of the game and some of these are sort of standard across any team like if you go to any reasonable level ultimate team they'll know what it means if you say you're going to play this zone or this sort of offense and you have to learn that so that as a team you're doing the same thing and then i think like any sport where you see the best players they they just sort of have this i guess we'd call it game iq it's hard to put down exactly what it is but they know where they should be. They know where the game should go. 
and that's just something that develops over time and yeah some some people pick up more than others while you were playing when you picked it up at university you you played for the university team and you built up to be captain of that team correct yes how do you improve so quickly how do you get better at the game firstly just getting fit staying fit trying to be more explosive more powerful and that's just individual of gym and track work um on the skills you you go and throw you have kind of extra training sessions with your team where you're not playing games you're not doing drills you're just focusing on these basics and then uh, trying to learn the strategy is a bit of a mixture a lot of it ultimately just comes from playing uh playing with people who are better than you and, and being uh, yeah, humiliated or defeated is uh, yeah, certainly a good way of improving. It's a motivational uh, factor, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And seeing seeing people who are way better than you is is nice because it shows you where you want to be. We're here at the IMC headquarters and you're a trader here, right? Correct, yes. Would you say there are any transferable skills from what you've learned being top of your game in Ultimate Frisbee and how you work here? Yeah, at first glance, maybe not. One, I sit here and I, I do maths and I look at the market and think about news. And in the other, I chase a bit of plastic around with some friends on a field. Yeah. So at first glance, maybe not. But I think there's actually a lot that, that does carry over. Um, I think a big aspect is both require the ability to have extended concentration on something where you need to perform at a high level. You need to be able to deal with like setbacks things might go wrong you need to be able to keep your concentration you need to understand that sort of getting yeah, stressed is probably not going to help in either of these scenarios and deal with that um, so getting used to being in scenarios where it can be stressful but you just have to perform at the top level is i think really useful yeah so being calm being composed under pressure not letting it get to stress um, yep. and putting yourself in those situations often yeah, that's certainly a big one. And I think another another bigger similarity is, yeah, from a, a broader view, you're trying to find strategies that allow you to, to kind of win or, or perform well. And you have to adapt. You have to see what your relative advantages are, whether that be as an individual, a trading team, or a sports team and review what these are and use this to kind of define how you play and what strategy you go forward with. You spoke about looking at yourself uh, and being aware of your own uh, skills and your own uh, uh, attributes and how they fit in with others in the team. How, how much of that collaborative aspect is there compared to the individual skills of player? I think in, in both cases, in, in sports, ultimate frisbee and trading, yeah, this certainly plays a, a major role. There is no one uh, on the trading floor here and no one uh, on my Ultimate Frisbee teams who can do everything the best. So being able to figure out as a team what the best use of your resources is, is, is huge. Um, and then, yeah, sharing the knowledge that you have, sharing the skills and helping the people around you get better. Yeah, so sharing that information. Do you find that that's a core element here as well? Yes, I think IMC is a... It feels like a very collaborative place. There's lots of different trading teams, all trying to maximize their own results, but none of this ever sort of comes at the expense of knowledge or information sharing. And I think the Ultimate Frisbee community is is very similar. Wherever I've traveled, there's always a team and they're always happy to have you. 
And so you mentioned being at tournaments as well with these teams. Um, how does that feel? How does it feel? You've won tournaments as well with these teams, right? What's that? How do you manage to stay composed under that kind of pressure? Yeah, they're intense. You play uh, maybe three, four games a day for two, three, four days. Yeah, you mentioned the long needed concentration spans as well and the focus. Yeah, it takes a toll mentally and, and, and physically. You have to yeah be able to come out of a bad game and immediately go into another one and, and and i think really good teams will very quickly learn what happened in these games and adapt throughout the tournament and ideally especially at the beginning of the season the team that you see at the beginning of the tournament should be quite different to the team at the end and it's a real learning opportunity there's something i wanted to ask about that as well because in ultimate frisbee there aren't there usually aren't referees right correct so you are keeping each other in check and you're being honest about whether it's a foul or not now, this is pretty alien to most sports. <laughs> yes. And how does, this, how does this work? And does it still work at that high level? Uh, when I go to a tournament, indeed, there are no referees. But I'm playing other teams and, and they care and we care and you're pushing to do as, as best as possible. But it's the culture of the game and it's how everyone's been brought up. So everyone should know what the rules are. And when something happens where there might be some sort of disagreement, you stop, you talk about it. You try and gauge the best perspective from whoever else might be around you. But ultimately, it just requires yeah, honesty from the people around you. And I think you'll just find that if a team or an individual is constantly dishonest, then yeah, they'll find that there isn't really a place for them in the game anymore. Yeah. And so it's a social pressure thing. Yeah, it is. Um, but it's really nice. And it leads to, I think, a really nice degree of respect between all of the players. It sounds like a good community yeah, atmosphere really as well. Nice. For people who are listening, who are playing Ultimate Frisbee and want to pick up their game, what sort of, in the spirit of openness and collaboration, what sort of strategies would you say they could be working on either themselves or in-game? Yeah, personally, if I'm, what I'm looking at, if I'm looking at my game is, uh, yeah, I'm still maybe coming a little bit out of a lockdown here and I know that there's, there's work to be done in the gym and on the track to improve how I'm looking. Uh, so, yeah, carrying out sort of workouts and regimes that are tailored for ultimate is something that I found to be hugely beneficial. Yeah, having that bounciness, that agility. Yeah, like you, you can't just sort of go and do any workout and, and hope for the best. Like if you if you want results specifically to one thing, then you have to you have to train for that. Something that I've recommended a lot to younger players who are just starting when I was captaining at university is to yeah to watch games online look at what players do and really specifically observe one person and what are they doing how have they got free there how did that goal end up happening i think if you're trying to trying to get better at anything whether that be sport or, or, or trading you have to be like a real student of the game as well as someone who participates in it and i think you see that in the the best people in whatever discipline it will be as henry points out it's important to study every aspect of the game, even the more theoretical parts. The underlying theory can give you a better understanding of how to achieve victory. We like to call that victory theory. In this episode, we will look into the aerodynamics of a Frisbee. Learning to become a master of ultimate Frisbee starts with an understanding of what forces create a Frisbee to be able to soar through the sky. Let's give you a quick overview of the basics of Frisbee aerodynamics. 
Let's start with gyroscopic stability. The spin of the Frisbee is very important. Without its spin, a Frisbee won't be able to fly for a long time. The spin makes sure that the Frisbee has angular momentum, and this makes sure that the Frisbee is more stable. Then there is the lift and drag of a Frisbee. Frisbee has a curved top side and a flat underside. Air moves faster over a curved surface than over a flat surface. The faster moving air has lower pressure than the slower moving air. So the higher pressure air beneath the Frisbee pushes the Frisbee gently upwards. This effect is called lift. Lift allows the Frisbee to hover temporarily before the disc is overcome by gravity. You can also use lift to make your Frisbee fly a curving path. You just have to throw your Frisbee at an angle and the lift effect will make its trajectory curve. Then there's the drag. This is the force that acts perpendicular to the force of lift and goes against the movement of the Frisbee. It therefore has a slowing effect. In order to throw the Frisbee across a long distance, you have to maximize the lift and minimize the drag. In order to do this, you need to make sure that the angle of the Frisbee is perfect when you're throwing it. We call this the angle of attack. Researchers have looked into the perfect angle of attack and most reach the conclusion that it's an angle of about 10 to 12 degrees. With this theory, you'll be able to understand the Frisbee better and use that knowledge to your advantage. But you also need to learn how to correctly throw the Frisbee. Luckily, Henry can give us some insights. He takes me outside to show me the best way to throw a Frisbee and I get the chance to practice with him. Right, Henry, so we're outside now with the Frisbee. Now, there's a couple of different ways that you can throw this, right? I think I'm used to the backhand one. Yeah, I think that is indeed what you'll be used to. But when you're playing the game, you're normally marked by a player. Uh, and they're going to be standing between you and where you want to throw and normally sort of taking away one of the sides. So if I were playing you, I know that you can probably only throw the backhand at the minute. Yeah, okay, so I've already given away some of my strategy. Yeah, exactly, a bit of a information giveaway there. So I would stand next to you in such a way that it makes you really hard to throw that backhand throw, but that's gonna totally open up the other side of your body. So generally, yeah, players will learn to be able to throw very well with the backhand. So if you're right-handed, that's sort of leaning across to the left and throwing, but also what we call the forehand, where if I'm right-handed, holding the disc in my right hand, I would throw the disc out to the right-hand side of my body. So if you're marking me on the other side, then it's, it's really hard for you to block that throw. So if I could sneakily do the forehand, then I would be able to get round you if you were blocking me on that side. Exactly, yeah, that would uh, certainly elevate your game. And for, for newer players, getting, getting a hang of that forehand throw is uh, something that really yeah, helps them take a step to being a much better player. Well, uh, let's, let's have a go, see what we're starting with. Okay, great. Henry and I start practicing my backhand throw. He explains the best technique to hold the Frisbee and shows me how I should position my body. It turns out that I can do a decent backhand throw, and so we move on to the forehand. Yeah. Okay, so with the, with the forehand throw, what's the technique? What do I need to be thinking about when I'm doing it? I'd say we'll make sure you're holding the disc the right way. And then from that point on, the main thing you need to be thinking about is that it's all wrist to begin with. I think uh, a common mistake is to, to try and throw it, having seen someone do it, 
move your arm way too much and then the disc just comes out wobbly but it's all about getting that spin on the disc snapping the wrist as hard as possible and only after you've got that is it worth uh, getting the arm involved to get more distance ah so it's wrist first i think as you said i've seen people do it you try and go for it and then it just goes nowhere absolutely yeah keep it simple with just uh, just the wrist to start with all right let's give it a go henry and i keep on practicing the forehand throws and after our training session I'm actually able to throw the frisbee straight in his hands. However, as Henry points out, the throwing part is only one part of ultimate frisbee. To really become a master of ultimate, you also need to train a lot more to become more flexible and athletic. You need to study the game and understand the different gameplays and strategies, and you need to practice the sport with players that are better than you. By practicing, learning, and training, you can become the next ultimate champion.